Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid 80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truist.com slash care. Truist Bank, member FDIC. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, it's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show with yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and tonight... Today, whenever you're listening, is going to be a treat for you because I have the goddess of love on the program. It could happen. Judy Tenuta is with me this evening. Judy, how are you doing? I am great, Bill. That's right. I'm doing really well. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the Olympics and uh, everything else. Are you really? Because I'm hearing, I mean, I've watched the opening ceremonies, and I thought that was interesting, but it just doesn't seem like the same Olympics to me as it does in the, as it has in the past. No, no, I, I only watched certain things. Like, I wanted to see Nathan Chen, and he was fabulous. Okay. And, you know, and the little girl skater from Russia, I, I forgot her name, but yeah. You know, I've only seen a few things. <laughs> I only watch skating so I can watch them fall. Oh, I hate that part. I hate when it's, it, it, it becomes a contact sport. It hurts. <laughs> but anyway, enough about them. Let's talk about the love gun. So, Judy, you've been in comedy for how long now? Oh, my God. <laughs> Shouldn't be that tough uh, of a I question. Guess- well, well, uh, you know, I started in Chicago. Okay. So, and that was in 1978, 1978, 1980, by 1980, I was opening for Jay Leno in Atlanta at the Ponce which unfortunately is no longer there, but yeah, and then I, um, you know, and then from there, I just went on and on. And I, you know, I got a good manager in New York, and I got my first HBO special with uh, those other iconic women, you know, uh, in 1987. And I also, that year, or the, the very next year, got the Diet Dr. Pepper commercial. So that was a great boost. And so, and then, uh, yeah. When, when you talk about those other iconic women, you're mentioning Ellen DeGeneres, Rita Rudner, and Paula Poundstone. That is so 
And I saw Paula in a stand-up routine probably six months ago in Pittsburgh. And what's interesting, especially about her, even Rita Rudner, and you, it's a unique comedy style. Ellen, unfortunately, I think she sold herself to be become the national spokesperson for niceness. But with you in that, it's more observation, and it's more dealing with stuff day in and day out. And same with Paula and same with Rita. How did you ever get onto that line of comedy? Well, obviously, um, they wanted someone different. <laughs> uh, so um, I fit the bill perfectly. Um, no. And so I was, I was, I was, I would say the most, I, you know, I was very memorable because I'm there with an accordion and I'm sassy. I'm this little petite flower and I'm saying, hey, pigs, you know, so <laughs> it kind of, kind of catches people by surprise, I think. <laughs> it, your, your voice and the accordion, that right there is enough to make people laugh. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I hope so. But, um, yeah, I, I, but I have to correct some people, you know, when I talk to them, they're not as familiar like you have seen me in the past. Oh, yes. Other people that have, have, have they, they, they don't even bother to Google me, I guess, when they talk to me. And they go, oh, I, I just had a lady a, a few hours ago. Oh, you play the accordion? I go, uh, Earth to Bozo. Uh, obviously, you do not even bother to read my bio. Uh, you know. Wait, they didn't know you were Miss Holler on Ned's Declassified? How did they not That's know this? Right. Well, well, obviously, they don't, they don't care. They don't prepare. Like, for example, when I know... When I'm doing a show with someone, I want to find out about them, so I look I look them up. I mean, it's very easy, you know. So uh, they were just lazy. I mean, yeah. and, and the voiceover work you've done, and as I said, you have one of the most recognizable voices out there, especially to someone my age, because you were in Duckman, you were in Cal and Chicken, you were in Space Ghost, <laughs> Coast to Coast, Dr. Katz, Professional Therapist, which is one of my favorite programs, just to yeah. mention a few. Oh, thank you. Yes, I really enjoyed doing all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that I think which would have fit you, and I did not know this, so I, I'm going to say I'm lacking in this, this area, but I didn't realize that you had theatrical roles in the Vagina Monologues and then the Menopause the Musical. <laughs> it's true. I did. Um, here in L.A. and in Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. So why, and, and, and I mean, it, it's just one of those things, being being a, uh, a man myself, being in my mid-50s, those are topics that guys don't really want to talk about. But of yet, course not! <laughs> it makes us uncomfortable just saying it. But again, you're able to put a humorous spin on it because it is natural in all the ways possible. And I think it's funny that you can, not funny, funny, but I think it's interesting that you can make it entertaining without it having that, that stigma to it that most people would carry with it. Well, when I, however, when I was doing Menopause the Musical and um, I did improvise, 
by the way, they asked me, would you make up a, a little thing here where the, the regular cast would be saying something and I'd come in as a waitress and go, yeah, you know, say something really, <laughs> really out there. Um, and it added to the show. It added a little freshness, you know, craziness to the show. So I loved it that they gave me free reign like that. Which, which had to be, that had to say something to you because they trusted you coming out on stage and letting you basically have free range. Well, when I started the first night, for example, I, I, I kind of told the director, I had to tell her a little bit about what I was doing. But we really wanted also to make it a surprise for the fellow other actresses. So that's why when I came out, you know, they didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> I mean, they did a little bit. They were like, but they were like, whoa, how do we follow that? You know? Because <laughs> that, that would be a little bit nerve wracking if you didn't know what you were coming into. So, Judy, I had the opportunity earlier this evening and I watched it tonight and oh. I... um. It's always tough for me to say this, and I know you're making fun of it, and I know you're dealing with it um, in your own way, but you are were recently diagnosed with cancer, correct? That is correct, in April. In April. And mm-hmm. you are, are you, you're dealing with it probably the best way you can by dealing with it through humor. And I just saw a video that you did released at the end of the year um, that was a music video uh, kicking yes. cancer's ass, which again, it's, 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 it's classic Judy Tenuta, because that is you through and through. You didn't change yourself for the, for the thing. And it is funny. It's very humorous. So oh, thank you. why did you feel that you, that you should make a video out this to notify your fans that you're dealing with this or to make them understand that you're dealing with it in a way that is going to help you get through it through humor? Well, it's, it's not just for me. It's for them as well. Cause there's okay. many people, many, many people who are going through uh, a cancer, a cancer journey, uh, not just by themselves, but uh, they themselves going through it. But, there may be people who have relatives, moms and dads, uh, right. sons and daughters, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, good friends. And, and it helps them not only to, you, you know, just uh, maybe maybe kick back and laugh a little, but also it uh, warms your heart because you realize, hey, you know, you're in this battle with other people. And... We're all fighting to basically survive. And and I say you just got to be positive. And I've been blessed. I, every, every day, I feel that you should have a positive mantra. When I wake up, uh, sometimes I don't. I, in the, well, when I was getting chemotherapy, I didn't feel so good. And every day, my one friend would call me and she'd say, Judy, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm not feeling so great. And she goes, yeah, but you know what? You're kicking cancer's ass. (laughs) So I would get positive reinforcement like that. And then, and then I would feel better and, you know, just more positive. And 
I also knew there were many people praying for me. I believe in that. I believe in the power. Any positive force or vibration or whatever can help you, you know. So it could be prayer. It could be positive thoughts, uh, good well wishes, um, you know, all of that. And, um, and, and so it all helps in your healing. And, but you have to start with yourself, of course. You have to believe. You have to believe you right. are healthy. You have to believe you are being healed. Uh, even when my, I would get a little nervous sometimes, my doctor. For example, one day he said, well, you know, you have a low white blood cell count. And uh, so we, we would, uh, we are going to help you with that. And they, get, they can give you a shot. But, you know, basically your, your uh, bone marrow has to get stronger. I don't worry about it because I know I've lived this long with, I've, I've had it for a while. I didn't know about it, but, you know, and um, I'm just positive about it. You can hear in my voice that I, if I didn't feel well, I, I wouldn't have the energy to speak this way. So, oh, and, and, and honestly, you know. if you wouldn't have told me or if I wouldn't have been told that you had it, I couldn't tell just by hearing you. Because, That's correct. Because like you said, you can tell a person when they're not feeling well. And to me, you sound perfect. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate it, and I appreciate you taking time being here because, again, not only are are you are you doing this to keep you moving forward, but again, like you said, for your fans to give them that inspiration to keep on fighting and kicking cancer's ass. That is correct. You know, by by the way, everybody has their own battles. Some may not be as uh, serious as this, but you know, we have challenges all day long. Uh, so. I just want people, and one thing I learned from this, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm kind of a high-strung person. No, so I would I have used... never guessed. <laughs> so every little thing I would maybe worry more. And then after this happened, I go, you know, Judy, you got to let it go. You got to let, don't sweat the small stuff. And there's a lot of small stuff, you know, just don't. You know, I, I was worried, for example, when I moved from my old house three years ago to this house, that that house wasn't being sold, and I would put all this extra stress on myself. Right. You gotta, you gotta let it go. It's gonna happen. You know, it, you can't worry. Oh my God, am I gonna? Oh, I have a low white blood cell count. What does that mean? Don't worry about it. The doctors will find a way because they are guided by God. And I believe, you know, you've got to believe in a higher power. You've got, well, I believe that. You don't, maybe you don't have to, but I just feel you've got to be positive about your health that you are healing. You know, right. you are in the process of healing. You can't be like, oh my God, I can't. No, nothing, you know. And we all get frustrated, you know, so some days I would be, I'm mad at this, I hate this, I don't deserve this. And I would let it all out, and then I'd say, but thank you, God, and thank you for everybody who's praying for me and thinking of me, because I am getting better and better. That's wonderful. 
And I, I'm, I'm looking right now at your YouTube channel, and I'm jealous because you have 1.56 thousand subscribers. You have this this library of video, which is amazing, including the world according according to Judy, which yes. is, I guess, you basically taking a spin on what's going on in the world. And I've seen a couple of them, especially the uh, the uh, Judy Does RuPaul um, <laughs> drag company, which was uh, very entertain- <laughs> entertaining for DragCon 2018. Oh yes, that was that was that was, and I am so sorry because of COVID. So you know that's the part that makes me sad. Well, right around here, and I know everyone in their own individual towns. Uh, there's many restaurants here that were iconic that were just part of the culture, and they've had to close, and it right. really breaks breaks my heart. Um, and and uh, and even the drag con. They had to stop doing that a couple of years ago because we're going through this pandemic. It's very, it's, it's hard like that. But, you know, we can do things. For example, I'm talking to you on the phone about my, what I'm going through and I'm also doing Zoom. So it, it is helpful in, in a way. And then, of course, my friends call me. So that's helpful. I love, you know, I'm, you're, you're like me. You, you talk for a living. So you know what it's like. So when before before COVID hit in March of 2020, were you still doing stand up? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, I was, and um, I uh, I was at, I'll not forget that because I was in Florida. I I was visiting my brother, and I have some good friends there, and uh, and and um, I I was just starting to get a little nervous because on the plane that that. Well, they were saying well, you got to maybe wear you maybe you want to wear a mask. They didn't say we had to, right? But I will tell you this: anyone that was Asian on that plane had a mask on, so they were smart. <laughs> but um, we, yeah, and I got sick actually when I landed, and and they said and my doctor said no, no, you don't don't worry, you don't have you don't have COVID, but uh, you don't. Uh, you know, but you need to, uh, you know, you need to take antibiotic and right. rest because, yeah, that kind of thing. So I was lucky. Um, but, yeah, and then ever since then, I'll never forget within days of that, my friend called me and goes, you better get to the store now and buy toilet paper and any kind of food you need. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, whoever thought there would be something like that, things that oh, you yeah. take for granted. Right? Like toilet paper. Oh, yeah, I know. Water. Around here in Pittsburgh, when we get a snowstorm, we're worried about finding eggs, milk, and toilet paper or bread. And I never thought I'd have to do it in March. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Well, I love Pittsburgh. I've been there several times. I love the way they talk. Now, obviously, you don't – you have – taught yourself oh now. no i i could do a i could do a yinzer accent if i have to that's uh, okay i crack up i <laughs> i i didn't know what was going on when i first the first time i did a show there was back in oh my god i want to say 1990 okay something and i didn't i didn't expect hey hey young young plays the accordion and that 
right? <laughs> Young plays the card, man. Yeah. Well, we're going to go get a pound of jumbo and watch the stillers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Okay. I don't know what you. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, when you go downtown, when you go downtown, you have to get your jumbo when you get it at the Giant Eagle, because then when you get it, then you're able to put it on your sandwich, and then occasionally you can go to Isley's and get your chip chopped ham. Yeah. Oh my God! But see, you still speak with uh, an understandable accent. Well, I, I was, I had to have my friend. I'm oh, very I, good. I had a college professor. When I was, and this was in the 80s, I had a college professor who, when we took our speech and articulation class, she said, everybody raise your hand who are from the Pittsburgh area. So there was about 15 of us. We raised our hand and she said, we, I will stop you from talking that way. And I'm going, do we talk different than other people? We didn't realize it. (laughs) And she did. She broke our speech pattern. And now I'm 56 years old or soon to be 56. And I wish I could do it fluently the way I used to be able to do it because I think it's kind of cool. And it brings back our own regional identity, I guess I want to say. But could I just say this? Yeah. You sound far more educated than a Pittsburgh native who's like, yeah, Young's is, Young's is getting going, going, when you plant a jumbo, go to store. I don't I know mean, if I take that, I don't know if I take that as a compliment or what, but I, I, no, I will take it from you as a compliment. Well, it's a compliment that you speak the way you do now. Well, thank you. As opposed to, you know, a well, I call yeah. it, I call it lazy speech because they we slur our words we it, slur our words is. together. So I used to think no the Pittsburgh Pittsburghese if you will or what I'm sorry it just cracked me up so much yeah because I was very used to going to the south and I could I could understand them but you right. know I just looked at it like well you know down here in West Virginia Judy and I don't know if you're gonna. Yeah, you, you you just need some good fried chicken and a whooping, you know. But uh, but where you are, I couldn't. When I first got there, I was like, "What the hell are they saying?" You know. And then it took me a little bit, and I I knew what they were saying. But well, I, after I got married, I moved. Yeah. I moved south of the city of Pittsburgh because I grew up. Um, just outside of Pittsburgh when I was a kid. And when I got married, I moved south of the city. And now, literally, I live between Pittsburgh and Morgantown, West Virginia. So oh, my God. You, well, that's really fun because when I first came down here, everybody, instead of saying yins or yuns, they were saying y'all. And I looked at oh. them and I said, hey, guys, we won the war. There's no reason for you to say oh y'all. Oh no. Oh they're very they're very adamant. Are oh they sure me? are. They um, they if you they they can you're a Yankee to them. That's and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, right you now know. I'm I'm within I'm with uh I'm within 30 minutes of Morgantown, which is a which is a beautiful place to be. And, and if you're listening from Morgantown, please keep listening. But it is. It's just a total different. It's a total different feel. It's a different language. Just 45 minutes away, they talk different. Yeah. Sure. 
and I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you've noticed that wherever you go in the country, that you could go one place, they speak one way, and then a half hour, 45 minutes later, they speak totally different with a different oh, dialect or a different slang. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That was one of the fun uh, parts of my journey around the country. As I was doing comedy, I, I would get a kick out of the way, you know, they spoke in, in different areas, you know, of the same state yeah. or even same city. Uh, so, yeah, I, I always get. But one of the funniest stories about I landed in Tennessee at uh, I want to say, was it? Yes, it was Memphis. And, you know, they sent a car for me to, to take me to the hotel so that the next day I could be ready to do radio and whatever and then do the show the next night. But, you know, I try to be nice to the dri- people like the driver or the cab driver or whatever. So I'm in, in we're in Tennessee and I picking me up from the airport and I said, wow, are we going to drive through the area where they had, I, I don't see any old mansions, but they said that, that you could maybe drive me past them. And he just looks at me, chewing tobacco and he goes, damn Yankees, burn them down. And I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I better start talking like this. Oh, my God. I, those ter- those damn Yankees? Damn, damn. You know? <laughs> well, I'd get worried if I started hearing banjos. So, I mean, as long as you didn't hear banjos, you were fine. Oh, no, no. But for him to say that, yeah, you know, he knew I was from the north. Mm-hmm. And he just really rubbed it in. So, I was like, oh, God, please help me. You know, so but uh, when we go back and look at your career, did you ever or did anybody ever come up to you in Hollywood and say, Judy, we want to make a sitcom around you because I can see them doing something with that? Well, they didn't, did they? The damn bitches. (laughs) But I I was up. I was up for some things. Uh, But, you know, you have to be. I'm kind of not a stereotype, so to speak. I, okay. You know, you know what I mean. I'm not like a just a fat lady who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I yes, but, but you you could have been the accordion playing mother that did carpool. Well, I could have been anything, and I didn't have to have the accordion; just have it every once in a while, right? As a, accent but yeah um you know the, i don't know i don't know but you know i'm still i'm still well known people know me so well how can you not know who the love goddess is i mean especially coming up on valentine's day that is correct the goddess has advice for everyone you know late i tell women ladies they're all saying, Goddess, I want to be worshipped as a love. Well, if you want to be worshipped as a love goddess, you got to act like a Ferrari. Make a lot of noise that only starts when when you pump when your pig pumps all his money into you. <laughs> Not your pig, but your love bucket. Yeah. What when when you when I when I look back at some of this stuff, um, and like you said, it's on YouTube. It's everywhere. And yeah. the, the the catchphrases that you had, like the one I started with, it could happen. 
and you could tell telling a story and then you would stop and say, well, it could happen. And the audience didn't realize that you, I mean, when you put those brakes on, they had to think for a second going, wait a minute, did it happen or didn't it? Right. Mm -hmm. And also, I also would say, I tell a story, I talk about some, uh, you know, maybe acts and I go, oh, no, I said, you cannot possess me. No. (laughs) You know, just all kinds of things. You're, You're Glenda the Good Witch is what I call it. Kind of. Um, yeah. And, and I had uh, just, you know. It seemed like when you were up on stage, you were having fun. It didn't seem oh, like work. Never. Well, it was work in that the hard part was actually traveling and becoming acclimated to, you know, you know different things and. Yeah, you know, but um, but once I was on stage, I enjoyed it. And and why did the accordion become part of your act? Well, I I popped out wearing it. It was my mom's <laughs> IEC. I couldn't help it. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. They tried <laughs> to get to my my fellow siblings, but none of them showed an aptitude for it. Okay, and and my mom. And Dad would say, Judy, go in the accordion, go in the closet with your squeeze box, don't come out until you can play Lady of Spain. <laughs> and how long did that take? Uh, well, you know, I took lessons when I was eight, okay. nine, eight, nine, and ten, and I could play it by the time. Um, maybe not in its full form, but I could certainly play it. And uh, I said... Oh, I should learn flight as a bumblebee, but then it got to be too hard. So I had an aptitude for making up my own songs, which is much better for comedy anyway. Oh, yes. Because um, so, actually, not too far from where I'm sitting, I have an accordion still in its case. It was my grandfather's. And I have oh, no geez. music ability whatsoever, but my son, who's 21 years old, Picked it up and was able to play Ode to Joy the first time he strapped it on. Oh, my God. Wow. And that's the last time he played it, too. <laughs> oh, I love I love accordion music. I know I may be weird, but I, I think if it's no. played right and it's done, I think it can be a very soothing and well, relaxing instrument. It just, well, what's that? I don't think I Oh, in my yes. case, I'm not talking bagpipes. No, I'm talking about I use the accordion to punish people. Oh, I know. And it works, <laughs> I, and it works very well. <laughs> I had an Uncle Johnny that played in his own polka, ba- polka band, and uh, I actually enjoyed listening to him play. But I understand where you where you use it as uh, as a awakening tool to make sure everybody's paying attention. I get that. Well, and also I make up my own songs, right? Right. So I, yeah. So I, I was playing the Pope song and, you know, Mountain Girl and, uh, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it, it was a great punctuation and, and I grew up with it. So, you know. 
So there is a movie that came out in 1998 that seems to be getting a little bit of traction now. And I don't know if I want to call it a cult classic or if people are finally finding it because of COVID and the whole idea of streaming things. But it was called Desperation Boulevard that you were in. Dealing with a child actress trying to find work. Yes, I played a former child star who was who would stop at nothing to make a comeback. And I was, of course, aided by my, and, and I should say, really, I couldn't have done it without my ruthlessly ambitious manager played brilliantly by Academy Award nominee Michael Lerner. Yes. And, uh, uh, so, I mean, he would have me do anything for press. Oh, you got to hire a stalker. You got to uh, come out as a lesbian. You, you, yeah, all these things, you know, and it's and even though and it's really funny, but it's also got a lot of heart. So um, I, there, there's one commercial on it says, I'm not an angel, but I played one on TV, which I think is a hilarious line. Or yes. when you're you're at the car dealership and you're hanging from a crane. Oh, <laughs> and the yeah. owner goes, but there's no one here, and I paid three hundred dollars for the newspaper ad. Oh, I know, <laughs> it's pathetic. Yeah, that's what my manager had me do, right? But um, you, you, you actually, you had another comedian that that was from the same time frame, Emo Phillips, which another is another classic artist. Um, you had Ken Osmond, who was from uh, Leave It to Beaver. You had Aaron Moran from yes. Happy Days. And yes. all these these other people that Lauren Alexander, who, was, who played a young you, and I looked her up today and I'm going, wait, She's not that age anymore. She's an adult now. <laughs> so it was oh, like, yes, she is. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's really interesting to do that movie. So why do you think people have found it again? They have nothing to watch. <laughs> no, really. But it's a lot of fun. So please go. You can get it on uh, Amazon Prime. You can rent it for uh, two ninety nine and watch it for twenty four hours, whatever you want, yeah. as many times. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Believe it, me, I guarantee you will enjoy it. Did you do all your own stunts in the movie? I can't remember stunts. What were? What did I do? Were you hanging uh-huh. from the crane? Yes, that was me. I was very scared. <laughs> um. But so the idea of you were a child star and you were on one of those 50 late 50s, early 60s sitcom, right? Yeah. And you you played an angel. Now, the only person that could see you was your father. Yeah. And that was a very strange dynamic, especially for a TV program in the 1960s. Who came up with that idea? Well, the director and writer, uh, Greg Liana, he also um, produced uh, the original. Um, well, he wrote it's a, and and uh, it's a guy thing, and you know a, a few other things. 
um, yeah, so well, he, I, I expressed, I specifically said, I, he said, I think this would be really good for you. I have this where you play a former child star and, you know, yeah, so. It is. It, it is a, a funny film. And right now, if you rent it right now on Amazon Prime, it's $1.99 and you get it for 24 hours. I love it. So not only are you doing my show, we're giving them a discount on Amazon Prime. See how that works? Wow. <laughs> so when are are you, other than your YouTube channel, what other work are you doing? Or are you in... I hate to use the word, but I will. Retirement? Oh, no. I'm never in retirement. I'm always working on something. But I'm not going to get on an airplane where there's a bunch of psychos trying to beat up the flight attendants. You know, so I don't, yeah. No, 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 no. I understand that. Are you doing voiceover work? What are you doing? Well, no, I'm doing, you know, I did this, and I'm working on some other things, uh, you know, with, it could be filmed, so. Okay. Yeah. I was just being nosy. That's the only reason why I'm asking. I'm just kind of oh, curious no, no, where no, I'm going to no, see you no. next. I know. Well, I'm alive. Isn't that good? Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. as they say, that's half the battle. Yeah. I honestly, listening to you and talking tonight, I think you should do your own podcast. Everybody else oh. has one. Well, but how many? But yeah, but then what will I get? Three listeners? Hey. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I think with a name like yours, and if you could play the accordion throughout, you'll have the world beating at your door. Uh, I don't think I, they want me to play it throughout, but I'll, I'll do little things here and there, yeah. Uh, but I have many, many soundtracks, so I could play those, too. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you were nominated for a Grammy for Attention Butt Pirates and Lesbitarians, which is a, a, a very, well, actually, I love the title, um, which is great. And then you were nominated for another one for Goddess We Trust, and then we can go through the whole list. So do you like doing comedy? I, I still call them comedy albums, but comedy CDs? Well, I I prefer that it now be uh, something, it, everybody, you know, you want to see the audio visual. Right. So... You know, so yeah, I'm working on that, and um, uh, yeah, so you know, I, I, I mean, I have those out there, and then I've been nominated for Grammys, so I'm very grateful for that. But um, yeah, I, I would work on something more visual too, because I am visual, as you know. Oh, you, yeah, to, to get the full effect, you you have to see you. So the HBO specials that you did. On, and also on Showtime and Lifetime, did they release those as videos or DVDs or any type of collection? Um, on Showtime, um, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know to be honest. Um, but you can, you know, you can Google me, and you see all kinds of things. So. You know, and just go to my, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's free. <laughs> um, it, it, it's so much. Oh, and, and the other thing I thought was interesting, too, is when you were, you were, uh, uh, you were, 
you were a, a relatively new stand-up comedian. You were announced by George Carlin oh, at yeah. one of the awards show. How was it in your mind to be recognized by George Carlin? Well, of course, it was uh, an honor. And I had already worked with him. I opened with him. Oh, really? Him. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I opened for him. And and I loved it, of course. He asked for me. He asked, so I was very honored, you know, to be doing that. Which, which again, um, which again, your your uh, your resume is very impressive. And for those of you, and I hate to say it because I know there's a few people listening right now that have not seen you or heard of you, but you need to find. Judy Tenuta, the love goddess, because she is hilarious. I'll put links to her stuff in the descriptions of these programs so you can find her. And um, are you planning on writing another book anytime soon? Uh, well, I, yeah, I am actually. I'm going to be working on that. And, you know, I have other idea uh, projects in mind. So, yeah, watch out, love bucket. <laughs> well, if you need someone to do any type of radio announcing anything, I'm free. I work cheap, just to let you know. Oh, that, that is very sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because I, I, it a, it's a total pleasure of mine to be able to talk to you, Judy. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And, and well, thank you fun. very much. When, I, when, <laughs> when someone reached out to me and said, Can you talk, can, would you like to talk to Judy Tenuta? I was all over it in two minutes. It was like, oh, I don't even I have to it. think about it because it was part of, as I said, my early adulthood whenever um, I started watching you. Because honestly, comedy then is so much different than comedy is now because I think you were more freer back in the 80s than we are in the 2000s and 20s. Well, there's nobody um, identifiable. Like when I was coming up, we had all kinds of, very distinctive kind of comics. We had Sam Kennison. He was a little before me. Right. But, you know, uh, Stephen Wright, oh, myself, yeah. uh, Emil Phillips. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Just, you know, so Andrew Dice Clay. Um, yeah. Just so you can't you don't have that now. Now you have people just I don't know. I I I. I can't identify them. Well, to me, a lot of the comedy sounds forced, and it sounds disingenuous, I guess. Because the stuff, I mean, that when you came up, Seinfeld was coming up, you had... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, heck, I just forgot his name. Uh, just escaped me. But anyhow, you had all these people coming up, and they were able to talk about their lives. Now everything just seems so mean-spirited you're dealing with politics you're dealing with that you weren't dealing with everyday life like you were Mm -hmm. well you know you should do what you know in other words what what happened in your life that's really what it's about but you know then there's people like bill maher who do politics so they're good at that you know he doesn't talk really much about his personal life except for of course yeah, I'm smoking a pound a pound of weed. You say you may be getting a pound of jumbo. He's getting a pound of weed. 
<laughs> well, Judy, thank you very much. I had a real pleasure talking to you this evening. And anytime you want to come back on again, please let me know, and I'll be more than happy to talk oh, with you again. Thank you so much, Bill. <laughs> Just you saying you. my name like that was so worth the conversation tonight. Oh, goody. Well, I had a very good time myself. Thank you so much. And everybody out there, remember, it could happen. It could happen. Well, Judy, thank you very much. You're welcome. You have a great night. I wish you the best of luck. And again, oh, like I said, if anything comes up that you want to talk about, please let me know because I'd love to have you back again. Oh, thank you, Bill. A big thank you goes out to the goddess of love, Judy Tenuta, for joining me on this edition of the Bill Alexander Show. I had a blast, and hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. Hey, we'll share some of Judy's links into the description of this program. So if you want to find out more information, that's where you'll need to go. So again, Judy, thank you very much for joining me, and you, thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Bill Alexander Show. Everybody, you have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now. There's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.